Hi and welcome to Simply Healing. It's a series of free downloads that we made to help people with their prayer lives. So this is download number five entitled Pulling Down Jericho. Well, welcome to another of these Simply Healing Talks. It's, it's lovely to see you and talk to you. Uh, this one, this talk I've entitled um, Pulling Down Jericho, it's not actually very, very usual for me to um, talk too much Old Testament stuff around uh, kingdom ministry and around kingdom healing in particular. But I do... Uh, find actually quite a lot of stuff in the Old Testament which sets up, um, you know, for us the whole scene of, of how you and I ought to operate in the kingdom. Um, and it's this is a lesson, I think, uh, from Jericho on really how you and I are supposed to be carrying Jesus uh, like donkeys, carrying Jesus on our backs into Jerusalem. Now, What's been happening here is that the Jews have left uh, Egypt. They're out of slavery. They went up quite quickly up to the boundaries of the Promised Land, sent some spies in. Most of the spies came back and said, oh, I don't know, it's all full of nasties and giants and all sorts of things we don't want to have much to do with. Thank you very much. So they wandered off again. Um, round and around and around in the wilderness for all other 40 years. And eventually they get up north again. Moses dies. Uh, Joshua takes over um, as big boss of uh, the tribes of Israel. And they set out to cross the River Jordan. Now, Actually, one of the things that Simply Healing tries to do is to persuade people to emulate, uh, people like you and me, emulate the crossing of the, the River Jordan. Um, I don't mean we should go and get wet, but if, if you, it, it, it's a question of looking at how they actually did stuff. And it's, it's really interesting. What happens here is that God tells Joshua and Joshua tells the lads, the priests have got to pick up the Ark of the Covenant, shove it on their shoulders, and step into the water. And the River of Jordan being in spate, mine, I mean, it's, it's running high. And uh, they go step in, and, and the, 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 the river stops upstream, dry riverbed, cross the whole children of Israel, go thousands and thousands of them, uh, into the Promised Land. And... Uh, the sort of symbolic thing I want to pick out of that is that what they are doing, those priests, is taking a tremendous risk. With what? Well, not just with their own lives. They're taking a tremendous risk with the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, of course, contains uh, the Word of God, uh, as they mostly knew it then in the form of the Ten Commandments. And they uh, 
were going to step out. They, they, they were carrying on their backs, effectively, not just everything they knew about God, but, but something I've come to think of is in those days is the beating heart of the nation. And they decide that they would do this. And I, I thought, crazy, really, if you think about it. <laughs> a river in full flood. And they're going to go in and, 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 you know, if they get swept off their feet, uh, one wrong move, and the whole religious centre of Israel is up the Swanee. Well, up the Jordan, anyway, down the Jordan. So I think they're ever so brave, and they really take a huge risk. But God says go, so they go. And one, the, the leading priest there puts one step in the water, and, and they think, oh gosh, look at this. The, the water level's starting to go down. And they went down and down and down until they got dry ground. Yeah? It's, it's amazing how... I mean, if they'd have had any sense, they'd have built a bridge. Yeah? Or, or I don't know, got some boats from somewhere, or, or, or fixed up, um, you know, some ropes across that they could swing over or something. But none of us today would dream of actually hearing God say, no, you jump in with me and we'll get the stuff there. So you have this fabulous picture, don't you, of them standing in the middle of the river and the people going past them, thousands and tens of thousands of them, and they all get to the other side. They're in the promised land, wonderful. After all that time of going round and round in a circle, they take one risk and they're in. Isn't, isn't it wonderful? With God. So there they are, they have a super meal, the manna stops coming, they can eat fresh food for the first time in 40 years as it were and right in front of them and I mean do you imagine all the joys and the spills and all the promises come true of getting to the promised land and suddenly out of the blue right in front of them Jericho a walled city shut up in their faces yeah all the gates locked up and inside a whole uh, bunch of people and they get some spies in and uh, the spies come out and say oh well they're all scared to bits actually but never mind you know so Moses is obviously praying about this and saying how are we going to do this how are we going to do this because still at that I mean the, this is the first experience they've ever had of anything like siege warfare I mean I don't even think it had been invented then so <laughs> off they sat and and They've got to take the city. Now, you know, this, this is a great thorn in the flesh. This is something that's right in their path. This is, um, you know, any army m marching from A to B doesn't leave a wall fortress halfway down their supply lines. You, you've, they've got to sack it. They've got to get rid of it. It is really stopping, threatening to stop fruitful life uh, as far as they're concerned. Jericho is stopping the possibility of fruitful life, they have to sack it. Now, we can symbolise that, you know. I mean, think in modern day and age you have, um, what Jerichos are in your life? I mean, what in your kingdom of God, your little bit of it, what, what is actually preventing you from marching into abundance? And the answer could be, ooh, I don't know, arthritis, it could be cancer, it could be some sort of financial problem, it could be that your family just doesn't get on with whoever, or, you know, your, your church life's falling apart because of this and that. 
there, there are there are Jerichos in all our lives. You, you, you get the symbolism I'm trying to cause here. And these symbol the, the, these symbolic Jerichos do get pulled down exactly the same way as the original one. The, the original story that the spirits left to us in the Bible is a, is a great example of how you do this stuff. Surprisingly, they don't get to do anything you think they should do. They don't start getting up a whole load of siege engines and start catapulting rocks over the city wall. They don't get battering rams. They don't start underdigging the walls to weaken them. They don't start hammering them with cannon shot. There's an awful lot of things they don't do. They don't try and blast holes through the walls with guided missiles. Yeah, There's an awful lot that they don't do. What they do do, just like crossing the River Jordan, instead of doing what you and I would uh, assume to be reasonable, practical things, yeah, they do something which is extraordinarily opposite. And that's what I want to pick up. Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 20. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city, with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing their trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. 
Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. So there we have it. Joshua tells the guys, look, what I want is um, you to march around the city once a day, all the way around the walls, once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to go around there seven times and then stay quiet until they're absolute silence. And when you get round to the seventh shot on the seventh day, I want you to give a huge war cry um, and the walls will come down. And you'll all be able to get in. And that's exactly what happened. Now, what I want you to see as being really interesting about this is that the technique that they used, was it the shout that brought it down? Uh, was it just God wanting some fancy ritual to take place before he smoked them with his hand? Well, there you go. Now, I tell you what I find really interesting, really, really fascinating about this, is actually the shape, the formation of the procession that they used going round and around uh, the city. What they, they've got the Ark of the Covenant, that's the word of God, yeah? And in front of the Ark of the Covenant, they have a small number of trumpeters, and around they go, with the Ark of the Covenant, yeah, that is to say, the Word of God, and in front of the Word of God is a trumpet section. Yeah, they've got the brass section there. Now, what does that mean to you? I mean, that, as a, as a piece of symbolism, very simply to me, means one thing and one thing only. Trumpets, to me, mean uh, proclamation, yeah, um, that's what they are. The trumpets like that from the last post up until coronation tunes for kings and queens and the rest of it. You, you find anthems and things. Those trumpets are used to proclaim something. And right behind it comes the word of God. I mean, bless them, the, the inhabitants of Jericho must have been really struggling with this. I mean, standing on the walls looking over, <clears throat> thinking, what on earth are these people doing? You know, very strange. But what hardly frightening, but what they're doing is they the, the, the children of Israel are proclaiming the word of God, they're proclaiming the cross, they're proclaiming in your, your terms and my terms, modern terms, they're proclaiming the kingdom of God, right? That's what they do once a day. And they get round at the end of it, the seventh time on the seventh day, and bang, down comes the walls. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this story is, is that when you're interested in kingdom dynamics, one of the things that you have to uh, watch out for is, is numbers. Seven um, is, is normally, um, you know, uh, the number of infinity, the number of perfection, whatever it is. To me, it, it means the same when Jesus uses the seven times 70 and so on. This is, is persistence. It's all about being persistent. And I think the Holy Spirit is demonstrating here that they didn't do this once. Yeah? What they did was they applied themselves persistently to the task. And on the seventh day, they actually applied themselves persistently seven times. 
Yeah? Now, whether in fact they did actually a number of seven uh, depends entirely on, on how evangelically you view these things, I suppose. But to me, what I understand from what I know about kingdom dynamics is, dynamics is that this means they went on and on and on and on and on until bang, and the walls come down. They are proclaiming the kingdom of God persistently and consistently until the walls come tumbling down. And that is how you pull down the walls of Jericho. Yeah? Now that, if you think about it, is totally different. <clears throat> um, had Joshua and his men been in the healing ministry and been faced with that today, they would have formed a, got a massive prayer change going, they'd be emailing each other with all the latest news about any cracks that appeared or not in the walls they would be on their knees day and night with candlelit vigils um, trying to prize God out of his heaven to actually give Jericho a good whopping so that they can have it easy yeah, but actually kingdom dynamics, it just don't work like that, this is about G Jesus working with us Yes? Are we working with Jesus according to his methodology? Not ours. Yeah? And the way that kingdom dynamics work, the way the kingdom gets extended, be that in sickness or in, you know, relationship problems or financial problems or, or, or anything else. Yeah? Geographical problems as well, seeing as this is Jericho. It's, it's the way that it is by persistent proclamation of the gospel. So one of the things we've got to get around to in this Simply Healing series is to start to show you how to proclaim the good news of the cross. Because a lot of us are not that clued up about that. Now, I'll tell you a story. I mean, I, I once had a, came across a little Jericho I, I had uh, an arthritic knee I had a lot I, I mean uh, quite in my left knee it, it was it was okay while I was still moving around but if I sat for an hour or two or went to bed at night when I got up in the morning I could hardly stand on it it was you know that first trip to the bathroom in the mornings was absolute agony but by the time I got back in the bed with my cup of tea it was okay um, but it was um real struggle and and I was putting on a brave face and after about three months in the office of, of struggling around with the doctor refusing to put a new knee in because he thought I was too young which is nice then uh, aged a lot since then mine but <laughs> the, somebody in the office said Mike have you tried prayer which was a bit damning really and I said why well, actually hmm so Every morning, and it took me maybe two months, every morning, walking to work in the morning, I would stop halfway along the road and I would stick my knee up in the air and say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. I am proclaiming the victory of the cross. I am bathing my knee in the flood of your grace, pouring out of heaven because of Jesus and because of what he's done. And I walk on. I mean, what people driving past in their cars must have thought, I don't know, see a man standing there with his knee up in the air. But by the end of the two months, there's no arthritis left in it. That, that was a number of years ago now, and I haven't had any difficulty with it since. It's um, persistent application of the good news of the word of God. The kingdom has come, the kingdom is near, into my knee has removed every trace of arthritis condition which is nice isn't it it's a small Jericho now 
there are bigger ones. Uh, and I was much moved into this, uh, listening to uh, a speaker at a conference telling me about um, uh, a, a Chinese man, an old man, who, who lived, you know, as you do in China, perhaps a thousand miles from anywhere in a little village, you know. And his kids, had, or grandchildren, I think it was actually, had gone off to university in the big city, and he, he went down there, they, they shipped him down for a bit of a holiday. And while he was down there, he not only found that they had become Christians, but he became a Christian as well. So at the end of his <clears throat> couple of months, or whatever it was, in the big city, he uh, travelled all the way back to his village, and he sat there, and what can I do, Lord? What can I do? And And... What he did was this. Every day he went and sat on the top of a hill overlooking the village. Because the only prayer he really knew was this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here like it is in heaven. And he said, this is like landlord and tenants. Landlords and tenants of property. You, Father God, are the landlord. You own a lot of this. I don't. You own it, not the people in this village. They're just tenants. We are put here to look after it, to take care of it, hopefully to return it in the state in which we found it, but we're tenants. You own the structure of it, but we have the responsibility of painting and decorating the inside. And he said, I want the inside of this village to be decorated kingdom. Lovely thought. So he sat there every day. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Yeah? In this village as it is in heaven. And over a period of time, I mean two years, something like that, the sheep all started having triplets and the goats were all giving twice as much milk and the rice harvest <clears throat> was up by 50% and there was no sickness or disease and people started living longer and dying a lot older and all sorts of fruitfulness came and this little village a million miles from anywhere became a really fruitful abundant place and um, eventually the old man died of old age and the elders of the village got together because, they, because actually the situation began to deteriorate back again uh, to what it was, you know, five, ten years earlier. And um, the only thing they could recognise as being different over that period of time was the old man's visit to the university in the city, his conversion to Christianity, and then the whole business started to slow down again in fruitfulness terms uh, when he went to glory. And that pretty much is the end of that story, except that I got pretty enthusiastic about that, the fact of landlord and tenant and things like that. Now, I must tell you, I live in a, this little village I can, uh, just outside my window here. Um, the, the main road in the village is, is, is the two roads, one going through it and one going across it, and it's much like, um, if you looked at a map and, and you chopped the top and bottom side, you, you'd see it like a cross, yeah? And if it's a cross laid on its back, the roads, then I live sort of under Jesus's left elbow. That's about where I am, uh, sitting here now. Now, <clears throat> on, on the corner, years ago now, but, but on the corner, underneath his sort of left armpit, yeah? used to be uh, an old English pub which then became a drinking club uh, 
for ex-servicemen and then when there weren't more of those left uh, it just became a rowdy place and they were breaking all the licensing laws they, they were uh, relationships being formed in the street at one o'clock in the morning which shouldn't be and there were relationships breaking up in the street which shouldn't and there was broken glass around in the mornings and it, and it was appalling and I got totally fed up with it uh, the whole thing, desperately ungodly. So I, I as the tenant, I went down um, the road to this place and I leant on it. And I simply told it that I am the tenant, I am responsible for painting this village kingdom. Uh, so I am now closing you down so that we've got a chance to redecorate you. Um, I'm shutting you down in the name of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can shut now. Amen, you see, and I went home. Uh, three months later, exactly to the day, I was walking down the same place, and, and my neighbour stopped me, and he said, Mike, have you seen the sign on the building? I said, no, what was that? And he said, look, it's up for sale. And I said, wow, what happened? And he said, exactly three months ago today, he said, the accountants went in there, and they looked at the books and the accounts and everything, and they declared them bankrupt. So they're out of business. And it's taken them three months to sort all the finances out, but it's up for sale. And it happened exactly the same day that I walked down. Um, and that's fascinating, isn't it? And now it's a quieter family sort of uh, gathering place, and it's, it's much more sensible and quite, much quieter and much more reasonable. Isn't that nice? So, I then thought, ah, well, now if I go around the corner and start to come down the main stem of the cross, yeah, on the other side of the road, about halfway down, is a pub which, in those days, had uh, a reputation. Uh, it was well known for the place for young people to go to get drugs. Uh, it was quite um, had a reputation for that, and and I don't know that it, why it was still. I mean, if I knew about it, why didn't the police know? You know, and it was still there. So I thought, oh, so I went down there and I leant on it. It's called the laying on of hands. Um, and I leant on it and said the same thing. I, I don't want you in the village. I have to be my tenant's responsibilities here. Um, <clears throat> I have to clean you up. I proclaim the kingdom of God is near. Uh, Jesus is alive. He's with me. <clears throat> so you can close down so we get a chance to redecorate you. The following morning, about midday, the owners turned up. They uh, dismissed the the landlord from the pub uh, boarded it all up closed it down, shut it um, and refurbished it throughout and opened it as a much quieter more pleasant place altogether so I thought oh, so if you come on these are all Jerichos aren't they? do you show me? now I come down over the bridge a little further down, just there there's another pub which is a young people's pub now those are awful because they're extraordinarily noisy. You can hear the music banging away the other side of the county. There's a lot of teenage girls lying drunk in the gutter, <clears throat> you know, before midnight. It's, it's dreadful. So I thought, ah, well, we need to paint that. So I went down there and leant on it one day and <coughs> simply informed the building that the kingdom of God was near, Jesus is alive, the resurrection has worked. Jesus is abroad in the earth. This is his kingdom. I'm merely the tenant here. But I've come to redecorate you. So would you please shut? 
and it did about a week later um, it's open again now um, but for some reason that I don't understand they've done something about their prices or something and it is not now fashionable for teenagers to go there anymore so the whole thing is a lot quieter which is nice isn't it so I thought hmm Jerichos just don't come down one by one if you start doing what the children of Israel did they tumble so on I went and I went down to um, further down not much further down was um, I, I forget what you call them now but it was a Jehovah's Witnesses um, place of worship and I thought well we don't need that you know in the kingdom of God we need Christianity to be the ruling religion in the kingdom of God <coughs> so I, I <laughs> actually I went down one night with my dog in case any I mean that just shows you how scared I am of these things um, no courage at all to see and I went down there and leant on the building and said um, the same thing you know I, I want to tell you the kingdom of God is here uh, Jesus is alive um you know, I'm, I'm redecorating the village in his name, so you can go, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, goodbye. And a month later, it was closed and up for sale, it's been resold now. Uh, I thought that the Jehovah's Witnesses should probably just go and open up somewhere else, you know, locally, but they haven't, still to this day, and that was, what, five years ago now, this story, there is nowhere uh, around here where they operate. What's more, <clears throat> the the building was actually bought by a, a little emerging Christian church and they were only in there a couple of years because they were so blessed by the Lord their numbers grew so much they just outgrew it splitting at the seams <coughs> not sure what it is now but it isn't um, you know a religious thing I think that's wonderful yeah so now if you go back up the main leg of the cross into the village there is a church there uh, which was not had a pastor for many years that there'd been no money to pay for one um, and so consequently there was many signs of decay uh, one way or another you know I'll go into that now but it, it, it was you know numbers were dropping fast and the the average age of, of the congregation was you know getting old and old and so I thought that I don't want so I went and lent on the church and I said the same thing um, Father you are the landlord I'm the tenant working with Jesus here uh, this is his kingdom that we are proclaiming and I told the building I mean I hope nobody was listening it must have sounded silly but I told the, ki the, the building that the kingdom of God was here and that they should be reacting to that please uh, about a week or f two weeks later they suddenly found from somewhere somebody came from head office or something and gave them a whole lot of money and decided that what they would do is pay for them to have a pastor not only that they went out and found a pastor and the pastor's there not only that but the pastor is one of my team I think that's horrendously good stuff yes so filled with joy I progress up the main stem of the cross to where the cross beam is and turn left away from my house, have you got me? down, away from the house, down there and down there is the Salvation Army uh, Citadel which again, they had had I, I knew they had a, um, uh, an interregnum because the, the old major had, had, who was still a great friend of mine had, had left to go elsewhere and they were without uh, a steersman, you know um, 
And I remember leaning on that and saying, Lord, you know, this is your kingdom. These places have got to be good if they're in the kingdom, you know. Uh, I want refired churches, some fireplace churches, fireplaces in the kingdom. That's what we want. Um, so as a tenant, I have a right to put a fireplace in the whatever room I want to in the house. I have got the right to light a fire here. So they interviewed and they appointed a new uh, major to look after the, the, the large organization. And guess what? He was a member of my team from up north. I think that is fabulous. So you see all these Jerichos. Um, I've seen people do um, extraordinary things. Christian marches to claim territory and marching round and round churches trying to claim them for the kingdom and so on. And I tell you, all that effort is not required yeah, the children of Israel didn't march around and around Jericho claiming Jericho for the promised land. They just did what they were told to do and did what they were paid to do. And you and I, as Christians, quite simply, we're not paid to be experts at trying to prize God off a cloud. We're paid to do a specific job, and that is to bear fruit. And we've been told how to do it. Proclaim the good news of the nearness of the kingdom of God. Yeah, proclaim it and persistently go on and on and persistently until all the walls of Jericho in front of you come tumbling down. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed this uh, download from Simply Healing and we hope you enjoyed it enough to share it with a friend. If you'd like to know more about how we might help you and resource you, then please look at our website, which is www.jacobswell.org.uk. That's Jacobswell, J-A-C-O-B-S-W-E-L-L dot org, O-R-G dot U-K. And you'll also find a link there where we hope you might like to donate a little something to help with the cost of producing these things. In the meantime... Till we see you again on Simply Healing Downloads, the Lord bless you and keep you safe. Amen.